We are fresh off of eating way too many hot dogs, which some people still thought wasn't enough hot dogs. But we're here for another week, and today we're going to be talking about some zero upside best ball picks. And people tend to argue about these players, so we're going to get into some of them, why they don't really make sense for you to draft them, why I don't think I'm going to be drafting them. And uh, yeah, then we're going to draft the best ball mania team. So with all that being said, why don't we uh, do the thing? So today I'm sitting there and I see an argument break out. And as fantasy football players, we tend to do this. We will spend an entire day arguing about Brian Edwards rather than go to therapy, right? Brian Edwards, we're arguing about Brian Edwards on Twitter. And I finally step back. I'm like, I'm not going to do this anymore. I'm done with this argument. But people will sit there and defend or argue against this guy. And is there actually any upside to them is like my question. So that's what I was thinking about this morning. Like who are guys in these drafts where you're looking at them and you're like, um, there is no upside at all to drafting this guy. And the more I was thinking about this, like as the day progressed, I'm like, it's generally wide receivers. I feel this way about, and I'm like, well, some of these guys provide no upside to a specific team, and that's more so with running backs, right? Um, I think Byam for famously said, "What does James White do to this team, or what does JD McKissick do to these do for this team?" And you understand that based on what type of build you put out there, right? So sometimes JD McKissick makes sense, sometimes James White makes sense, but there's when there's wide receivers, I look at them like I don't care what my build is. This wide receiver does nothing for me. He does nothing to any team that I have. He can't He can't enhance my team at all. So why would I draft him ever? It doesn't matter if I'm zero, robust, whatever. It doesn't matter. And we'll just start with Brian Edwards. Uh, Famous Jay says, when it comes to best ball, I hear so much about correlation. Yeah, well, that's – so we won't get down this rabbit hole, but um, – yeah, correlation for week 17, there's reasons for it, and it makes a lot more sense for tournaments. So we put out a lot of content on about why week 17 is important, so I don't want to rehash that right now. But, yes, correlation is important. You do know, you do want to correlate your teams in general. Um, I At some point, I do want to have the conversation about, like, not going overboard correlating and hurting your team. Like, you can be detrimental to your team trying to correlate, right? If you're missing on some sort of crazy value on a player just to be like, oh, well, I need, you know, this guy because I have the quarterback here, even though this guy's three rounds past ADP. I mean, sometimes you just want to you want to get your value right. Uh, Jamie Prog says, Jane Chase Edmonds is a great late round RB with upside and best ball. 
that that I can I completely agree with that. What I'm talking about today is guys that are have no upside. So let's start with Brian Edwards from Atlanta. There was an argument today or a discussion on Twitter about Brian Edwards and his upside. And somebody was comparing, I don't even know. It was a dumb comparison. And I got sucked into the argument because it is the engagement farming worked, right? So where do you see the upside in Brian Edwards? We're talking about a guy that was a third round draft pick, right? For the Las Vegas Raiders playing with Derek Carr, who was arguably one of the, I'd say he's top half of quarterbacks. He's like slightly above average, right? He's clearly not the worst. So he's playing with a decent quarterback in a dome. He's had the opportunity to be the number one for a few years, never landed that role. Then last year, the starting wide receiver for the team has the situation that he has with Henry Ruggs, and it leaves an opening for Brian Edwards to yet again become, you know, a number one wide receiver on his team. And did anyone, anyone win any money? playing Brian Edwards? Any, did any of you win money because of Brian Edwards? Probably not, right? So now Brian Edwards is in Atlanta where the offense is probably going to be worse, I would say. He has Kyle Pitts and Drake London in front of him. He has Cordero Patterson probably in front of him, a guy that I don't really like to begin with, but let's you know, be fair here. He's got a role in that offense. He's playing to at least start the year with Marcus Mariota, who was the backup for the Las Vegas Raiders. So that's telling you that Mariota, we never even heard about a quarterback competition. So this guy had no chance of beating out Derek Carr. The only way he was going to be the starting quarterback there was if there was an injury. So now he's playing with on a worse offense, theoretically with a worse quarterback. Where is your upside? And I know he's a 17th or 18th round pick, and you're just taking a flyer on the guy, but wouldn't you rather take somebody with a lot more upside in those rounds? Like, aren't you just trying to to shoot for the moon there a lot of the time? So where's your upside in Brian Edwards? Devontae Parker's another guy for me. You know, clearly, Patriots fan. Devontae Parker has never been what we wanted him to be. He's going to a less explosive offense where target distribution is all over the place. His... Upside for the season, he's still probably going to be fighting for the ability to get on the field. You know, like, so, like, there's so much, like, when I look at how high he's going specifically, I'm like, why are people taking this player in this spot? It just, for him to get what you need him to get from whatever round he's going in, it's like, you know, mid-teens, like 14, something like that. You're never going to get it. There's so many guys around him with higher upside. Um, Famous Jay is saying, I have one, Corey Davis, no upside. I think his upside is limited. I'll give you that his upside is limited. The Jets offense is, I don't think it's going to be great. But the upside with Corey Davis is he still might be a starting wide receiver and you know, two or three down sets. He also has contingent value if Elijah Moore or, um, oh my God, who's the other guy? Who's the rookie that I have a million percent shares of? Anyways, um, everyone knows who I'm talking about. 
my brain's dead right now. But I think he has a little bit of upside. I but I agree with you. Like I'm not going out of my way to draft Corey Davis. And if we look at my draft IQ, which we'll probably do after the draft, I probably have like two to three percent Corey Davis. So again, I can understand that sentiment on Corey Davis. Like there's guys around him that you would just rather draft that have way more upside than him, right? And I think we're gonna if we do this truthfully, it's mostly gonna be at the wide receiver position. Um off the schneid says personally i've been dodging aj brown garrett wilson yeah that's who i was trying to think of garrett wilson but you can't say that aj brown doesn't have upside right aj brown has plenty of upside i if you want to take a i'm never going to tell you not to take a player stand because that's what i do i like on specific players if you just feel like taking that stand against aj brown that's fine but like there's players that i'm taking stands against rather rather on purpose or on purpose or not on purpose austin eckler is one I'm taking a stand against Austin Eckler. I'm not really drafting him. I have probably two, three percent, maybe Austin Eckler. But I understand there's a range of outcomes that Austin Eckler could come out there and somehow do what he did last year. I just don't see it. So I don't like where he's getting drafted. But yeah, I mean, if you if you've personally been dodging AJ Brown, there's nothing wrong with that because that's helping you get exposure to other players. We've, we've had this discussion before, too. Um, some of you guys might be new. But for me, it's Jamar Chase. I'm taking a stand that Jamar Chase is going to be a guy you need in the playoffs to win the whole thing. And I'm doing that. So there's a couple of reasons I'm making that stand. It's because I can get Jamar Chase from the one, two, three, four, or 5 spot a lot of the time. So I'm taking him at the 4 and the 5 spot almost every time. It's limiting my exposure to Justin Jefferson, which is very scary. But I'm not betting against Justin Jefferson. I'm betting on Jamar Chase. And to bet on Jamar Chase, I kind of have to take a manufacturer stand against Justin Jefferson. So I'm fine with it. Like, could it hurt me? Absolutely. It could hurt me. It could absolutely smoke me in, in best ball this year. But if Jamar Chase is the right guy of those, I'm going to have more Jamar Chase teams. My Jamar Chase teams are going to be more unique than everybody else's. I think I'm at 20%. We'll look at it in draft IQ. But we're going to jump into a best ball mania draft in a second here. And we can, as we're getting through the draft, we can talk about some more of these guys. Um, you know, that's that's what I'm looking at anyway. So let's go ahead. Let's share a screen. Boom. Let's share a Chrome tab and jump into this lobby. Uh, let's see. Best ball mania. Enter. All right. So we will be waiting for 10 players. Probably should have jumped in a little earlier. So is there any other guys that you, you guys see in the lobbies where you're like, I'm just never drafting that guy. I see no upside whatsoever. Um, Brian Robinson for me in Washington is probably one of the few running backs that I'm not drafting. I know people are scared of Antonio Gibson because of Robinson, but even if Antonio Gibson gets hurt, when I look at that Washington backfield, I say to myself, JD McKissick is still there for a reason, right? He signed a contract with the Buffalo Bills and then went back and signed a matching offer from Washington. 
to stay in Washington. So that tells you there is a reason he is on that team. I don't know if he's just a third down back. Um, for me, like, so even if Gibson goes down, I think you'll see a larger, I don't think that Brian Robinson's not going to do nothing. I think he'll clearly get snaps, but for him to be, I mean, where you're getting him in the draft, it's fine. Like there's reasons you're taking him, but like for his pathway for me to just become one of those elevated running backs to win, isn't just a one down. Like it's not just one guy going down. You're going to need Antonio Gibson and probably J.D. McKissick to go down for Robinson to reach anywhere close to his to his real value. Antonio Gibson goes down. They're going to rely have more heavily on J.D. McKissick than they do already, and they already play him a decent amount, even with Gibson. I mean, he had a couple games last year where he just went absolutely bonkers, one for sure. Like, one, he I think he won – I think it was a showdown slate, and if you captain him, you were – you know, printing money that night. So we are waiting on three more people for this best ball mania draft. And again, we'll go through some of these, some of these guys when we get there and we're full. So let's see what we're going to get for a spot. Um, Oh, are we in the 11? Gross, 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 gross. Actually, let's do this. Let's put you over here. Boom. So we're in the 11, the 12 spot. Look at that. Look at that. The 112. You jump on a Peter Overzet stream, you get to watch him draft by from. Oh, Casey gets the one on one. Jumps in and just snags the one on one, Casey. God, just getting some of that Overzet run good. It is what it is. We can draft the fun team from the 12 because we can get weird from the 12 spot. I'll get real weird from the from the 12 spot. My co-host from Hometown Ghost Stories is threatening me in the chat, so that's fun. I enjoy that. Asking me how many hot dogs we're going to eat today. I am so, guys, I'm going to be completely honest. I'm never eating a hot dog again. It's not a thing that's going to happen, at least for 12 months. I, I, I can't even smell a hot dog at the moment. Look at Casey jumping in, getting the one-on-one, drafts Jonathan Taylor. Must be nice. Um, anyways, I so I, I don't think that this topic really makes sense for like the, the top round. So we'll probably dive into it more when we get into like the eight, nine, ten round and just look at some guys on board and just kind of be like who just uh, who are you not drafting right um we see this draft go pretty normal to start with jefferson being the exception jefferson goes the 102 which i like um gives you just a little bit of a pathway to get a different justin jefferson team than most right he's usually going in the four a lot of the same players usually so let's Go ahead and pull up the entire board until we're on the clock in about four seconds. Seeing running backs go. Wow, lots of running backs go. Hmm. I think it's going to be pretty easy for us. We're going to take the remaining wide receiver and Kelsey, or we're going to take both wide receivers, right? 
So Stefan Diggs, Devonta Adams, Travis Kelsey. So I like going, I mean, they're the top two on the board here. Or do we want to get real weird? What do we want to do here, guys? Let's let's grab Kelsey. And let's just take Adams. We can get weird later. We can go Adams, Kelsey, figure it out from there. Um, I actually don't have a lot of Devonta Adams. I've been fortunate enough in some draft spots, well, at least on Best Ball Mania. So let's grab Kelsey Adams, see what we can build out of this. Swift would have been fun. I was thinking Barkley. I was going to go one of them and then Barkley and just get a little bit of a pivot off of some of the stuff that we've been seeing with Saquon. The question becomes, is Saquon getting too high for us to draft at all when we were all getting him in the middle of the third, right? We were getting him mid-third round a month and a half ago. So those of us that decided to jump in these drafts, like absolute maniacs early, we're just getting this clear dis you know the clear discount on Saquon Barkley that people in a month when he's top of the second just are not going to be able to get so um that's one of the things that we need to think about so some of these other guys that are going off the board Mark Andrews I cannot draft him in the second round my exposure to Mark Andrews is like way down I just I can't do it it's He's on a team that is predominantly run heavy. Mark Andrews is the number one target on that team, I would say for sure. But to pay off second round value for Mark Andrews, he has to run like an absolute god. We all know the stats. He's way better when Lamar Jackson is not playing. Uh, So for me, I'm just not taking Andrews. I like all the other guys in the second round around him. The other thing that I am not doing. Are you guys drafting Dallas Cowboys right now? And if so, who? I was thinking about this the other day and I'm just like, I can't take CD lamb in the second right now. And I got to probably change that mindset and actually start drafting some CD lamb. But like, I see all these other guys around them. I see Mike Evans, Tyreek Hill going after him, Debo Samuel, like, these are guys that I can get instead of CD Lamb that I think have a better pathway to being a number one wideout. So this is the answer that I thought people were going to say, which is Dalton Schultz. And I get it. I just there's other guys that in in that range too that like I'm usually just smashing before, or I already have my tight end before Dalton Schultz. So like he's probably a guy I should probably attempt to get more exposure to right now. And I'm just not. And I just, I don't know. And you can get Dak so cheap. So it might make sense to be getting some of these guys and trying to do more Dallas stacks. I'm probably going to make a conscious effort going forward to get some Dallas. So trying to do the CD Dalton Dak stack here and there. But it's not coming naturally is what I'll say. I think we all get into a rhythm in these drafts. I know I finally hit mine. I had it last year. I could, you could close my eyes and I, I just 
boom, 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 boom. I know the guys I like in certain spots. Um, it's just, it's so tough to draft certain people. And every Dallas Cowboy right now, I just cannot press the button. Um, Jordan says he has like two lamb shares and it feels horrible pressing that button. I agree. It's, it's like the hardest thing to do right now. It is so hard. Uh, we are coming back on the clock. Let's see what we we're looking at. We're looking at Kamara. I'm not drafting Kamara. I don't like the Saints offense. We're talking about a potential six game. Um, we're talking about a potential six game suspension. So guys I like in this range right now. And remember, we're coming, we're going to be doing the whole um, 24 picks. So why don't we, I like Cam Akers a ton. And we're just going to, we're just going to stack Travis Kelsey with Mahomes. And we're going to be taking one of every position. This isn't typically a build I do where I got, you know, one of each position in every single one of the first four rounds where we're looking at, like right now we have Mahomes, Cam Akers, Devontae Adams, Travis Kelsey, but let's see what we can build out of that. Um, I think it puts us in a strong spot to do a couple different things. So that's kind of what we're going to go with. Let's bring the draft board back up. So we go, as you saw, Cam Akers, a guy that I am, I think might jump up around round and a half by August. I think we see one good game out of Cam Akers in the first preseason game, and we're just rocket shipping Cam Akers up the draft. So I'm starting to grab more of him. Um, I think I think the CD. Um, I don't feel this way. So Offshore Knight says the thing I think with CD, if when you draft him, you 100% feel obligated to get Dalton and Dak. I don't particularly feel that way. So there's two levels to that. I already don't feel obligated to get Dallas Cowboys right now. It could be one thing. Um, and if I have CD, I'm more than fine with him being my only Cowboy. Right? Like, if he's my second wide receiver off the board, I don't know if I've ever taken him as my number one wide out. But, like, even if we went Kelsey, CD right there, I don't feel obligated to take Dak or any other cowboy at that point. I'm perfectly happy with saying CD is going to score me two touchdowns in week 17, or he's going to have enough. He's going to be in my starting lineup enough that I don't need to build Dallas Cowboy stacks around him. Um, this is, this is my point though. The one thing about Dallas is that Dak is relatively cheap quarterback. 11 on underdog is very nice relative to his upside. That's what I'm saying. Like, Everyone else is so high in terms of where I want to draft them, though. Like CD in the beginning of the second round, it hurts my brain, to be perfectly honest. Like we're talking about a guy that we loved last year, and he got steamed. Like of all the wide receivers that got steamed, CD got steamed way the more, way higher than everyone else. And for me, I just, I don't know, I felt like, he didn't produce to the level that we wanted him last year. The offense feels worse this year. Why are we making him a, you know, basically the 13th pick off the board because Amari Cooper's gone. Is that why? Like, do we think that Amari Cooper was holding back CD lamb last year? I don't think so. 
I think the offense as a whole was holding them back. They weren't the offense that we thought they were going to be. We thought they were going to be this offense that had a shootout 60% of their games just to stay in it to win it. And their defense was way better than we expected. And they played the offense that way. They were running the ball a lot more. They were, you know, downshifting way more than we thought they were going to be. So, um, Casey is drafting this team well on a work Zoom. Literally have a PowerPoint up. I'm walking through. Well, the good thing for you is you got the one-on-one. So it's easy for you to just queue up some players and not have to be looking at it in the middle of the rounds, right? It makes that a lot easier. So kudos to you for multitasking. I multitask a lot as well. I'm usually working on some sort of job, any, any draft that I do. I'm either my regular job, editing a video for Spike Week, um, recording voiceover for hometown ghost stories, editing a video for that, you know, something I'm doing something, writing up some blurb for spike week in our newsletters and I'm drafting a team. So it's like, Oh, and you should pick the spike week tools because, Oh man, I got to really draft another quarterback here. Let me run back to my phone and figure that out. Um, what's going on in the draft here. We got anything fun going on? Let's, uh, Zoom out a little bit here so we can see everything. Anything jumping out in this draft right now? What are you guys doing? So, like, I talked about not drafting. Well, let's talk about it after. We're about to be on the clock. We can kind of go wherever we want here, right? We we went one per position right now. We can kind of do whatever we want. So Juju just goes. He was a guy that I was looking at. Um, wow, it's getting real gross in the fifth to sixth round right now, isn't it? Let's see what we got for wideouts here. We probably want some wideouts. Um, I don't think I'm going to do Mooney. I haven't been grabbing a lot of Mooney. I don't really like that offense, so I'm not doing it too much. Let's grab Amonra. And let's also grab. Hmm, we could grab Elijah Mitchell if we really wanted to, but let's just pound wide out. Let's grab a Monroe. Let's grab. Let's just just go to the tried and true Devonta Smith here. Um, so we got Mahomes, Cam Akers, Devontae Adams, Amon Ross St. Brown, Devonta Smith, Travis Kelsey. So this is kind of like when you do take a quarterback and a tight end in those top five rounds, it really hurts the rest. It, for me, it feels like I'm really hurting at um, wide receiver and running back. So. Casey, you took you took. Kadarius Tony at 48. Oh, I love it. So let's just look at your team right now based off of doing that. So you have Taylor and Fournette, T. Higgins, Kadarius Tony, George Kittle. That's fun. I mean, you know, got to get your guys, right? You can take Kadarius Tony at 48. Just got to just gotta smash that button. Nothing wrong with that. Uh, <laughs> you probably could have obviously waited another round, but 
the 101 and the 112 are hard because if you want a guy, you do have to reach on them. Like you have to pull the trigger on guys. He might have pulled it a little too early on that one, but if he really wanted Kadarius Tony, whatever. I don't care. Like if you feel like Kadarius Tony is the guy to have, go get him. You're, you know, if you if you decided last year that Cooper Cup was your guy, right? You had to have Cooper Cup, so you were taking him second or third round. How many people would have called you crazy? Like, why is he taking Cooper Cup here? He's a fifth-round value. He's a fourth-round value. You should grab him in the fourth round. If you're grabbing him in the second round, you're not getting the proper value, and you're not going to be able to build the right team that you should be doing. Well, if you grab Cooper Cup in the second, that still allowed you to get, like, Mike Evans or, like, any of those other wide receivers, DJ Moore, you know, in the fourth round when you're supposed to. Almost, it felt like almost all the second round picks last year busted. Like, who? I mean, it's obviously not true, but it felt like a lot of them just did not live up to the price tag. Um, Allen Robinson was a third rounder last year, right? Who absolutely busted. So, if you feel like grabbing a guy one to two to three rounds early because you don't want to miss out on him, do it. A, you have conviction on a player, which is great. And B, your team's going to be different than everybody else's. Uh, famous ass, since I went with Kelsey, does that mean I'll be doing a two tight end build? I mean, most likely. I can't imagine unless we get, unless I just do stuff where I'm just locking myself out at tight end completely, that I'm going to need a third tight end ever. Like it would have to get real rough for me to take a third one when I have Kelsey. And what with, with Mahomes, it's probably the same. So I'm probably just taking Mahomes, just taking um, Kelsey, and then firing one more quarterback, one more tight end. And who knows when I'll take that second tight end. I'm probably going to take my second quarterback first uh, before I take my second tight end, unless something really bizarre happens in this draft. That's the way I'll be going with it. Um, and because I feel like I got behind on wide receiver and running back early because I went with a quarterback and a tight end and the first four rounds, both of them, I want those extra spots for my RBs and my wide receivers. So there's a chance that, I mean, I'll probably go with my most basic build there is without even trying to do it, which is like a 2682, most likely, unless I feel like I get really good depth well, really good spots at running back, I could go for a two five nine two, right? So those are most likely the builds I come with. Now, we obviously have to see how the draft plays out, see what we get when it gets up to us. Sorry, I didn't have the draft board on while these last few rounds went through. We were coming back on the clock. I do like Ayuk. Um, we have Gibson there, who is way past ADP. That might be fun. I love Damian Harris this year. There's reasons that I love. I mean, there's still talks that Damian Harris might not be on the New England Patriots at the start of the year, and I'm fine with it. If I'm drafting Damian Harris and he gets traded, it's to a team that needs him, right? He's still going to be going to a team that needs him. If he doesn't get traded, what do we think the Patriots are going to do? Run him as much as they can because they're not they're not bringing him back this this coming year. So, you know, I'm fine with either. What do we got for QBs here? Um, so I was thinking about doing 
some fun stuff there. Gibson goes right before us. Lazard was a guy I was looking at. What I want to do, though, is I think I want Ayuk. Ayuk's my bring back for Devontae Adams, right? So let's go Ayuk. And we got to scroll down. And let's grab MVS to double stack here. Now, obviously, I'm scrolling a bit, but again, MVS is not going to make his way back to us. There are RBs that I like here, but we get our Mahomes double stack. We can still bring back Cincinnati in a few different ways here. So that's the way I want to go with this. Um, so right now, we have Mahomes. We have Akers. Devontae Adams, Amon Ra, Devonta Smith, Brandon Ayuk, MVS, Travis Kelsey, which I'm fine with um, for the time being. I think it's a, I think it's a decent team. See how it plays out. It's definitely a team we got to be careful with what we do, for sure. Um, actually, instead of pulling up the board, let's just kind of scroll through some names that are on the clock. See if there's any of these upside guys that we're talking about. So, I mean, you have tons of upside in everyone that we're looking at at the moment. Um, I actually think that the first player that we're going to see, the other guy I was thinking about that I forgot to bring up earlier, that the upside just probably isn't there and he's getting drafted way too early, is McCole Hardman, right? What is the pathway for McCole Hardman to be a viable best ball player? Like, because for me... I'd want McCole Hardman in like the 17th or 18th round, hoping that his one spike week of the entire season is week 17, right? Because we know that McCole Hardman is not going to sustain. You draft McCole Hardman, how many times do you think he's going to make your lineup? Twice? Three times if you're lucky? And he's going, what, 10th, 11th round we just saw? Somewhere like in that, that wheelhouse? And people are drafting McCole Hardman that high. So for him to do anything, Kelsey has to fail. MVS has to fail. Juju Smith-Schuster has to fail. Sky Moore probably has to fail. Oh, and we got the backs in front of him. What is he, the seventh option? Now, the seventh option on Kansas City is better than the fourth option on a lot of teams. But we don't want the fourth option on those teams, right? We don't want the seventh option on Kansas City and we damn sure don't want him at the price tag he's at in my opinion why why would I ever draft McCall Hardman I'm gonna I'm taking a hard stand on drafting Kansas City Chiefs but I don't need to draft McCall Hardman I just don't need it we don't need that type of negative energy in our lives I mean if you've been doing it for the last three years a la Davis Maddock you know great friend of the show I get it. You want to make your money off a guy that you've been drafting the whole time. But for me, I haven't been big on McCall Hardman to begin with. I just didn't see the upside without a Tyreek injury. He wasn't making it onto the field. You know, on a DFS slate when he's 3,700 and we get some news that MVS is out, I'll take a flyer because he helps fit into my roster, but we don't have to build around the salary cap here. So I'll take all the guys around them and I'll be happy that I did to be perfectly honest. So we're coming back up on the clock. Um, 
right now we're one one five one. There are some guys that I'm looking at here already that I like. Uh, there's a few decent situations we can go with here. So we're probably going to be going with at least one running back, right? There's no reason not to. I'm not drafting Patterson. So if that guy is watching the stream and he's trying to snipe me on a guy before the turnaround, make your guess without Cordero Patterson because I'm not taking him. That's not a thing I'll be doing. So we, and he takes Patterson. So I'm thinking I want to grab Penny here. And the question for me right here particularly is do I want to get Garrett Wilson or am I looking at Melvin Gordon for my bring back along with like Chase Edmonds? Like those are the guys I'm looking at. And I'm kind of thinking that I want to go Penny. God, I would love to have Garrett Wilson as my sixth wide out though. Hmm. Here's what we're going to do. We're going to grab Garrett Wilson. Actually, I have so much Garrett Wilson. Let's grab Melvin Gordon for the bring back. Get a different, different build here. So Melvin Gordon's going to be our Denver bring back. I was thinking about holding off for Albert O as my second tight end and to play it that way. But I think that we can... I think that we can play it this way where we have Akers, Rashad Penny, Melvin Gordon. What this is going to allow me to do is probably only have to draft five running backs, I would say. I'm banking on Cam Akers to be an anchor on this team. If I'm wrong about Akers, this whole team's dead, right? So Akers is probably going to be my anchor, um, is my anchor. I think there's a ton of upside in Penny. He's getting talked up. We're not going to be able to get him where we're getting him. And even a week from now, I bet you see this 108, uh, this 105 ADP hit 99 or above in the next week. It's going to be close to that. Don't be shocked if you see that. Um, but it allows us to, I would like to have the six. I have this weird thing where like, I want to feel really comfortable about my six wideouts and then like flyers on the next few. Probably not going to be able to do that now. We're probably going to be in flyer territory on our wideouts, but I'm okay with it. Um, we'll make it work. So let's go spring the draft board back up. Any interesting teams here that we want to look at? Let's just kind of see some of these teams real quick. Um, let me go a bunch of running backs early. So let's look at the CD team. They got Eckler, CeeDee Lamb, Nick Chubb, Brisol, Lamar, Amari, Dak, TJ Hawkinson, Tyler Lockett, Kenny Galladay. It's not bad. It's not a bad CD team. He gets the Dak stack with it. Um, Lamar is unstacked, but I think you guys have heard me talk about it before. He's so hard to stack anyways. He might just be looking to grab, you know, any of the – 18th round Baltimore wide receivers for a stack, which is fine. And if you don't get Lamar stacked, like he's the one quarterback that I'm like, well, I don't really, uh, it's not, it's not a necessity for me to stack him. 
Joel from the two spot, just scrolling through his team, looked fun. Uh, Justin Jefferson, Kyle Pitts, Hollywood Brown, Deontay Johnson, Rashad Bateman, uh, Dylan, Trey Lance, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, Damian Harris, Chase Edmonds, Rondell Moore, which is a fun team. That Damian Chase Edmonds is my zero RB start sometimes where I'm just not when I'm going zero RB, I'm like, I can get like, look at this. You got Damian Harris, Chase Edmonds at the nine ten. Like if those are your two starting running backs and then you're just loading up with a couple other guys behind them, you're fine with it. Right. And that top eight picks can be, you know, you're smashing. Even if you smash six wide outs, and a wide receiver i mean six wide outs and a quarterback and six wide outs and a tight end or five and two like those can be some really fun teams i've i've been doing some of that with my zero rb builds so one thing we're gonna have to talk about for sure is how to get different with different um types of builds We've all been kind of dancing around it. I've heard other shows talk about it as well. I've talked about it a few times. But the people that are going hyper-fragile from the one spot are just getting the same player a lot of the times. The same three running backs. Like, it's a mixture of five. So, like, where should we be doing it from? How do we get different doing it? Can we do it from different spots in the draft? And that's what I've been trying to do with, like, some Acres builds, where Acres is my second running back or, you know, Sometimes first, can I go hyper fragile that way? What makes sense for that? Um, so I probably want to. Hmm, what do we want to do here? Well, we are definitely going to want a wide receiver. Um, god, it's gross. I don't really like Landry, but I don't think he's fun. Who do we want to go here? We're talking too much. We weren't paying attention. Oh, my God. And we auto-drafted Davian Pierce, which now I think makes me... Mm, now I'm all flustered. Let's just take Landry. I don't have a lot of Landry. Um, Damian Pierce isn't the worst-case scenario. I know what I, I should have done. And there you go. Got flushed it on stream. Auto-drafted even from the 12 spot. Rookie Rob. Still failing the effects from the hot dogs. Uh, likely zero Rashad White as well. I just can't get on board. So I understand the take of not wanting Rashad White, but there is massive upside there. There are reasons to be scared. Of Rashad White, but if he hits, he's going to hit hard. Casey says he has so much Damian Pierce because I don't know what to do at 125. Yeah, this is my least favorite spot of the draft. I'm comfortable rounds one through 10, one through 11. These 12 and 13 spots are gross. And what I've been doing is there's guys that I like later um, that. I'm like, you know what? I like these guys so much better than this window of 10 to 15 players at ADP that I'm just saying, screw it. I'm just bypassing this window for the most part. Um, I don't want Jarvis Landry. I don't want Devontae Parker. I don't want 
um, you know, whoever else is there. We've talked about all those wide receivers, those running backs. It's gross. So a lot of times maybe my second quarterbacks go in there. Um, if I haven't already taken two, I've been flirting with some of the two top quarterback builds here and there. So sometimes I don't need a second. Uh, tight ends, you know, reaching on wide receivers, reaching on running backs, stuff like that um, are things that I'm doing. So those are the way – that's the way I'm playing that round. Like Landry is just so gross. Uh, Palmer was a guy that I was looking at. Dotson, I have Dotson. I've been taking them here and there. I'm not – again, I, I think people understand for me, I'm – taking stands on offenses as a whole so washington i'm not completely out on but i mean i don't i don't know if washington is going to support dotson i don't i don't know what that team's going to look like i mean it's the time to take him for sure he flashes at all and he'll shoot up your board but i like mclaurin i'm still not taking a lot of mclaurin right he just got his deal so he should be one of the guys we're looking at what do we got for quarterbacks here? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Things are gross. Things are getting gross. Kind of know what I want to do here, though. I have an idea. An idea of what we're looking at here. So, Gerald Everett goes, which sucks because that was one of the plans. The plans change, pal. I don't know if you guys are familiar with the Vince McMahon line. Plans change, pal. So right now we have four running backs. I don't really think I need to grab another one right now. I like some of the later ones. We're going to grab a quarterback right now for sure. Um, question is, which one are we going to grab? Winston would make sense since we have Landry, but we also have... Oh, we didn't grab Garrett Wilson, did we? Let's set up. Let's try to set up a backdoor stack here. Let's push it. Um, yeah. So we're going to grab Mac Jones for fun. And I should probably have more Alec Pierce than I have. Um, where do we want to just grab a, let's grab a cowboy. I have not been drafting a lot of Tolbert. We talked about the Cowboys and not drafting them. Let's force ourselves to take a cowboy here. Let's grab Jalen Tolbert. Got him at, you know, decent value. 14th round. Let's grab him. Question. What's the difference between Corral and Ritter other than ADP? Um, I would say not much. And if I were to guess, like the slightest difference is that I would say that Corral has a better chance to start the season, right? That quarterback situation in Carolina is a mess. No one believes in Sam Darnold, um, rightfully so. That Baker Mayfield thing, what the, can we just end that saga? The Seahawks weren't in on them. There was mutual disinterest like, what, two months ago? Then the last two weeks, all we heard about was how 
the deal was closed for Baker to go to Seattle. And there was a report today, I think, that Seattle isn't interested in that in him again. So is Baker going to Carolina? I don't know. Um, that whole situation's weird. So if Baker's doesn't end up going to Carolina at the moment, I would say that Corral has a better chance of being the week one starter just by proxy, you know, like who, what else do they have? Whereas Atlanta actually went out, signed Mariota. His leash might be short, but I think he's going to at least get a leash. Um, I don't really see it being like a Mac Jones situation last year where, you know, basically from day one, Mac Jones, Cam Newton get in the camp, and it was clear that Mac Jones was the better quarterback. Like every report you got, everything was Mac Jones is good. Cam Newton has completely forgot how to throw a football, basically. He just didn't have it anymore. So um, it feels like the public is more in Ritter. I, I think that's got to do with the offense. Like people, people are more excited about this Atlanta offense and which is a confusing thing to me because a, I'm not in on Atlanta. I like Pitts. Um, I grabbed Drake London here and there, but if you're, if you're excited about this Atlanta offense, right. And you think they're going to be something, it just doesn't make sense for them to not start, Mariota, unless he just has nothing. Like, you went out and got that guy. I know you drafted Ritter, but you didn't draft him in the first round. You drafted him as, like, a developmental prospect, right? So if you're in on Atlanta, I almost think you sort of have to be in on Mariota. But to your point, people aren't. So what is your case? So, like, it's almost like you're arguing against yourself when you're like, no, I love this Atlanta offense, but it's going to be with Ritter. And it's like, well, how long do you think it's going to take before he gets in there? Like, and how bad is Mariota going to have to be for him to get in there? So I just, I don't know. Like we talked about this a few weeks ago where we have to think about things from the team aspect sometimes versus what we actually want. There's a ton of things I want and, and fantasy that when I think of it from a team aspect, just is not going to happen or the likelihood is very, very limited. Um, so we are going to be back on the clock shortly. We're going to probably need to grab a, another tight end. Um, one thing we didn't get was any Buffalo bills, which would have been nice, but sometimes you get locked out of these teams, right? You just, you just don't get them. Man, you guys are letting Tyler Higby fall this far. We're letting Tyler Higby fall close to 15 picks past ADP. I mean, if you let him fall, well, we might grab him. Fant's a guy I find interesting. Um, so this is an easy two for me. I would like to grab Hurst. Generally, that was going to kind of be my plan. But when Higby's there, I love that LA Rams offense. We're going to grab, we're going to grab him, and our stack is going to be Kendrick Bourne. 
with Mac Jones. So we'll grab him. We'll grab Higby. And uh, let's look at our team. So we are 2-4-8-2 currently. We have Mahomes, Mac Jones. We have Cam Akers, Rashad Penny, Melvin Gordon, Damian Pierce, Devontae Adams, Amon Ross St. Brown, Devonta Smith, Brendan Ayuk, MVS, Jarvis Landry, Jalen Tolbert, Kendrick Bourne, Travis Kelsey, Tyler Higby. Actually, really liking the way this team's turning out. I don't, I don't particularly love Jarvis Landry. I think he's a good. He's gonna. He's just like one of those players that's like great. He's there. Um, Pierce wasn't the plan, but I don't hate Pierce, especially if we're gonna go with a five RB build. Um, the bye week pros would be happy because like right now our four running backs are staggered. We obviously weren't looking to do that, but we will take it. Um, but overall, I like this team for the most part. We have we have our stack with Kansas City. We have our Melvin Gordon bring back on that. We have Ayuk. We have Devontae Adams for the bring back. I have a Monra. I didn't grab any bears because I didn't want to. We have Jarvis Landry. We have Devonta Smith for that week matchup. Uh, Best Ball Moderate has said that he thinks it's the Week 17 Dome game against the Cardinals. It's like, yeah, it's great, great. If you can get some, if you can get some Falcons to the Week 17 matchup, it's good. We have to remember that we have to get to Week 17, right? In order to win it, we have to get there first of all. How many? I mean, and I know the point is. Atlanta stacks getting through to the to the championship game is probably going to be unique, but it's going to be unique because they're probably going to be terrible. I mean, in your heart of hearts, do you think Atlanta is going to be a good offense? Do you think they're going to be in the, you know, the top 20 of offenses? How about the top 25? Do we think that's a possibility? We're playing on underdog right now. Um, you play on sites like Underdog and Drafters, right? Drafters is full point PPR, but you know, on Underdog, we're at half point PPR, no bonuses. You need touchdowns scored. You should not be looking at teams that cannot score touchdowns. Like they're not going to win you anything. Yeah, maybe in one off here and there, but I'm not going out of my way to stack Atlanta. I'm not taking Ritter. I'm not taking Mariota. It's very few and far between. It's, you know, that might just look like, you know, rookie 101s type stuff, but sometimes the, the easiest solution is the solution. To me, Atlanta, like baiting Atlanta for the most part, like, yes, I like Pitts. I'm taking Pitts here and there. Again, I said I like Drake London, but those are one-offs. I'm, I'm also not super – I like Arizona – I don't know if I love Arizona, though. I'm getting Arizona stacks here and there. But I could see possible real regression with that team this year. What are, what are they going to do? Like, they got Hollywood. That's great. Hopkins is on a six-game suspension. We've seen that Kyler Murray in the back end of the season the last two years has really failed us, to be perfectly honest. And I love Kyler Murray. I have my signed Kyler Murray helmet behind the screen love Kyler but if we're gonna just you know talk facts 
he has absolutely failed us um, for sure. So we're going to be coming up on our 17th and 18th pick here. We can kind of – I want one more running back for sure. KZ is saying that Arizona's week 16 is way more fun. Anyway, who do they got 16? I don't remember that off the top of my head. And I do not want to sit here and scroll around looking for it for, you know, four minutes when we're about to be on the clock. So for me right now, I want one more wide out. I've talked about it before. This is where I'm, I've been smashing Julio in these spots because Julio is, if he's going to play, he's going to shoot up the draft board wherever he signs. He's just going to absolutely fly up there. Um, I didn't make a shanty for week 16 yet, Casey. Give me a break. When, when I make the week 16 shanty, then I will remember the Tampa Bay, Arizona stack. So that's who's playing each other. So let's grab Julio. Mostert is really good value here. And Mostert is actually our Miami bring back. Uh, I guess that's the play. I really, I've been, I think you guys have known since February. He's starting to get talked up, which drives me bananas. People are starting to get on this Dearness Johnson train. He's my favorite 18th round pick. I'm grabbing him a ton. But when Mostert falls to the 18th, and I have the Mac Jones, Kendrick Bourne, you know, skinny stack, why don't we just bring it back with Mostert? Like that makes the most sense. So we'll do it. But it hurts my soul to not have Dearness Johnson on my team in the 18th. There's just so much opportunity for him to fly up the board. So let's go over our team. Um, we have Mahomes, Mac Jones, Cam Akers, Rashad Penny. Melvin Gordon, Damian Pierce, Raheem Mostert, Devontae Adams, Amon Ross St. Brown, Devonta Smith, Brandon Ayuk, MVS, Jarvis Landry, Jalen Tolbert, Kendrick Bourne, Julio Jones, Travis Kelsey, Tyler Higby. I think all in all, we got a really solid team here from the 12 spot. This might be one of my more favorite 12 spot teams, to be perfectly honest with you. Um, I think there's some real risk, especially at our RB spot guys we're worried about injury wise is pretty much you know everyone here other than pierce but if they hold could be a really solid team we got our we got a lot of um a lot of good bringbacks for the week 17 stuff um famous jay says i have no dearness johnson next draft i'll get him if you want dearness johnson you need to get him now there's just there are so many reasons why he's going to go rocketing up the draft board, to be perfectly honest. He was going undrafted in most drafts. Now he's definitely getting drafted in the 18th in almost all. Um, if you want De'Aaron Johnson, that is the time. Do you guys want to go over teams from this draft, or do we want to look at some of my draft IQ stuff? I can take five to ten minutes to look at some draft IQ stuff if that's what you guys want to do. Um, or we can look at some of the teams that were in this draft. Your call. I will let you. Uh, I will let you vote. While we do that, we will look at Casey's team, since Casey's in the chat. He's got. You know they do this all the time. 
So he's got Burrow and Daniel Jones, Jonathan Taylor, Fournette, Michael Carter, J.D. McKissick, Chris Evans, T. Higgins, Kadarius Tony, Elijah Moore, Traylon Burks, Michael Gallup, Jamison Crowder, Robbie Anderson, Wandell Robinson, George Kittle, Dawson Knox. I like it. It feels like it's missing oomph somewhere is what I'll say. It feels like it's just one player away from missing that that oomph. Maybe you can get him in the 18th right now. Maybe you can get him. Maybe you can bring that oomph in the 18th. Who are you going to grab? Well, we can. Let's look at the draft IQ stuff. Let's do that. I talked about it, so let's do that. Uh, let's share a tab. Let me bring this down. Let's share Chrome tab, draft IQ, share. And wow, that's probably impossible to read, huh? So I'm still getting used to the draft IQ stuff, but Let's look at let's just look at our best ball mania teams. We currently have 39. It didn't show the 39th, obviously, because we just drafted it. But we can kind of look at some of our percentages. Is there anyone we want to look at in particular? Let's look at um let's look at our Jamar Chase exposure. So right now, there's also other stuff we can do with this. Let me just um, scroll out for one second. And let's look at Chase. We want to look at Chase with another player. Sorry, I've just started using my draft IQ. So I'm still getting used to it. But right now, Jamar Chase. My exposure for him is 21% at the moment in Best Ball Mania. Um, If we click on the Exposure tab, we can do a lot more. So the Exposure tab on this stuff is like the reason to get the Spike Week products, right? The Draft IQ. Scroll in a little more so you can see some of this. So just looking at my stacks, right? We can look at my stacks per team and my exposure rate in Best Ball Mania. Kansas City, I currently have 19 Kansas City stacks with a 50% exposure. Philly, my next highest team at 29%. Denver makes a lot of sense, right, since I am doing Kansas City, so I'm really banking on that Kansas City-Denver game. So that is... um, that is a great part of having the draft IQ. Um, it also breaks down your stacks per week. So if we look at week 15, right now, Arizona Denver is big for me. Kansas City Houston is going to be big because of my Kansas City exposure. We got some Detroit and Jets. Um you can look at your team structure on here as well, where if you look at my Hero RB builds, I went eight times. I have a Hero RB build. 
dual RB seven zero three robust three. So it's showing you that I'm doing other builds as well. So like the build we just did would probably not fit into any of these categories, I would say, um, if I remember correctly. And then we have our week 16 and week 17 stacks. Denver, Kansas City. I have a 55 exposure to that game. Shockingly, I have a 29% exposure to Cleveland, Washington, which is by all accounts, one of the, you know, least desirable games. So not, I can promise you that I'm not doing this stack on purpose because I'm not stacking Cleveland. So that just means that I'm getting Cleveland, Washington players without trying to do it. So that's probably, you know what that probably is, is it's a lot of Dearness Johnson, right? Because I'm grabbing a ton of Dearness Johnson and then they're ca- I'm counting the Washington bring back as my stack. So, but then we have games that we want. We have the Rams, the Chargers, Miami, New England, um, Chicago, Detroit. I'm drafting Detroit more than I'm drafting Chicago, but I think when I draft Chicago, I'm cognizant of the fact that I want a Detroit player. So that's something I'm looking at. My least owned game, as we were talking about earlier, is Dallas, Tennessee. I'm not drafting Tennessee players other than Derrick Henry here and there. And Dallas players, I just haven't been drafting. So that makes a lot of sense. Um, my exposure for Arizona, Atlanta is low. I'm probably way lower on this San Fran um, Raiders stack than a lot of people have. So I think my team's going to be quite different than some of the other people that we uh, watch. I love showing the construction. And I think we talked about this on stream where I love seeing, I love seeing this. This is all data that you just have, but just this is all consolidated for you, right? So when I'm looking at my builds, I can kind of see what I'm doing here. So my 2682 is what I said was like my most common build. Um, and that's because I'm not taking running backs. There's more of my zero RB approach for the most part is that type of build. So we see that more. We, then we see the 2592, which I knew would be my next one. My two four ten twos are going to be my hyper fragile type builds. So these builds are with like top notch running backs. Two six seven three, you know, the three five seven three isn't isn't too frequent. I have one time drafted four tight ends, as we can see, and I've one time drafted four quarterbacks, and I can tell you that that four quarterback draft really 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 upset me because i could not draft my players i like hit a dead zone somewhere on my cell phone and when i finally came back i had drafted auto drafted two quarterbacks and i was pissed um we do have a comment here that says the guy who won the mill on underdog had one stack josh allen cole beasley that's why i don't put much stock at all in week 17 the game could just suck anyway um i think i'm gonna call bs on that because if i remember liam's team properly did he not have gabe davis on that team and did he not have a bring back now liam hit the nuts let's be perfectly honest right now liam hit the absolute nuts to win best ball mania last year he had every guy you needed to have you had um jamar chase he had rashad penny he 
you know, like if you needed a guy, he had that guy. You don't have to put a ton of stock into week 17, but understand that like if you do get to week 17, yeah, he had Gabe Davis and the bring back. Exactly. So he had Josh Allen, Gabe Davis, and the bring back, which was Jamar Chase, right? Wasn't it? Wasn't that the Buffalo Cincinnati week, if I recall? So if you if you're gonna use him as an example, the point being is you just brought a team that he had Josh Allen with stacked with Gabe Davis with the bring back. And he hit on that week 17 stack. Did he do it on purpose? I don't think many of us were doing anything on purpose last year in terms of week 17. Um, to be perfectly honest, the only game I remember people like being absolutely adamant about trying to get some of last year was Arizona Dallas. And what happened with that game? That game did nothing. Now, I'm pretty sure it had Gabe Davis. I maybe I'm wrong. Um, but and that says you have to be perfect without week 17 correlation. That's going to be so. There's two things going on this year it's four times the amount of players in the, in the final this year. There was what 150 of us that made the final last year. Yes, I made the final. I was the 74th best best ball player in the world, as we all know. Still waiting for Underdog to give me my badge. I should start bugging them about that again. I would like my 74th badge. Thank you very much. Um, yeah, you're going to probably have to be more perfect in Week 17 based on how many people are there. But the other thing is it's easier to be perfect if you hit on the right game. So if you have the right 17 stat, you're not using every player, right? So let's just say, Dream World, you have – let's say Josh Allen, right? So it's, you have Josh Allen, T Higgins, Gabe Davis, Stefan Diggs. Somehow you get this crazy week 17 stack. You get all the Buffalo Bills. You get all the Cincinnati Bengals, which you will not get. Let's say you have all of them. Well, let's say T Higgins bust, but Jamar Chase hit 50. Well, you have the guy from the game you need. Oh, Stefan Diggs went off for 30. But also Gabe Dave scored a touchdown and he gets your 12 or, you know, 15 points. But you also had Devin Singletary who did nothing. Right. So you're just giving yourself more outs to that game as it scores. Like it's just like um, if you play single entry DFS, it's easier to stack a game because you don't have to be completely perfect. But if you hit the right game, you can afford to kind of bail out that one missing spot that you hit in that game stack. So like if you hit everything in the game stack properly, except for one player that just elevates everything around you and you're already off to the races and winning. Right. So that's what we're looking at with the game, the week 17 stuff. You're going to have to be more perfect though. Yeah. We, we all understand that. It's just, how can you give yourself more outs to being perfect? And if you hit the right game, you hit the highest scoring game in week 17 and you have that game stack you are more likely to win the tournament than players that don't have that stack. It's very simple. Doesn't mean you're going to win, right? Just doesn't mean that. Um, this is another great point. So he had Rashad Penny and Amon Ross St. Brad, which was a game correlation. And if you had started at the, at the beginning of last year, right, and you were like, in week 17, 
you are going to need to have a game correlation with Seattle and Seattle and uh, Detroit. Everyone would have been like, no, that's that's not going to happen. And that game went absolutely bananas. It's the NFL. Now, I don't like some of these games, but I know what the NFL is. The NFL every week can just blow you away and do something crazy, right? So that's uh, that's where we're at with that. I think that is going to do that do it for us tonight. I have to go get ready for my other show at 9 o'clock. So if you're into ghost stories, come join me on Hometown Ghost Stories, 9 o'clock on YouTube. If not, um, check us out on the podcast app. We have some exciting news coming for that show. Um, and it's almost spooky season. But right now, it is draft season. And what you should be getting is the Spike Week tools. I'll show some more next time. Um, I need to get my DraftKings exposures in here because I re- that for me, that's going to be the biggest thing because we all know what a nightmare that DraftKings site is. We're trying to track your teams. So being able to see my stats from that, I just been lazy and I have not put anything in but my underdog teams for the moment. But yeah, you can see some of my exposures on the way out. Until next week, guys. Or actually, I guess this week, me and Eric are doing another challenge. So we'll let you guys know when that's happening. All right. Peace.